Well, we said we were going to lean heavily into the MLB draft this year. The Guardians have the number one overall pick, so we thought what better way to do that than have some draft prospects on. And what better way to do that than talk to a draft prospect Cleveland could be interested in, who also, whose dad played in the Indians farm system back in the day, where our special guest today from the College of Charleston is Cole Mathis. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to some of our everydayers out there. Um, You know, I saw Bruce was commenting. We always appreciate everyone. Who's jumping into the comments. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If you if your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, as many of you out there know, I got, uh, I don't know if I want to say I got my start, but my before I joined the network, I was a national MLB draft writer uh, for Scouting 24-7. Uh, I was the, the person who had to re- replace Kylie Mc, uh, McDaniel back in the day. And uh, before that, I wrote specifically on the Guardians draft. And I bring this up as a long-winded way before, you get into the, before we get into the show proper to say over the years, we learned there were certain things that the Guardians targeted, for lack of a better word. One was youth relative to class. One was a player from Florida, Georgia, or California. Uh, another being high-level Cape performance. Another being two-way players. Uh, and another being bloodlines. And I'm laughing at every step because... Everything I just talked about uh, describes our guest today, Cole Mathis, who we uh, we want to thank for joining us on the show. Uh, you know, he for those who aren't familiar, College of Charleston. Um, you know, current big leaguers Heath Hembry, Taylor Clark, and Bailey Ober. It's been more of a known for its pitching, but uh, most famous player is is Brett Gardner from that uh, from that very institution. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, very exciting for us to to have Cole joining us. For those who you know are not as familiar, I, I'll at least throw out the uh, the stat line: three thirty, four thirty nine, five seventy five last year. And in terms of that cape, the three eighty one on base is what really stands out. Just that ability to consistently get on base. While and, and this is kind of where I was going to start off with the the thing that jumped when I was following the cape this year is it's it's a lot less games. And a lot of players have a hard time transitioning to that wood bat. It seemed like not so much for you as you had more home runs in the Cape mm-hmm. than in uh, college. I'm not as familiar, just being fair, with College of Charleston's stadium. Was it different stadiums? What was that? We don't. It's just a rare occurrence to see. It's a great thing to see. But I was kind of curious about that power leap. Yeah, it's, um, I think our field just kind of plays big once the season gets going. Um, we have big gaps and then we're right off the right off the water. So we always have the wind blowing one way or another. So um, up in the Cape, it seemed like every field was felt like a normal field that I played on. Um, and also I, I felt like, you know, I just, I think I just got a lot more comfortable up there and just was ready to hit more um, as I got more comfortable over the summer. And just to give quick context to our listeners who aren't familiar, the Cape is an all-star league and it's the best of the wood bat all-star league. So everyone there is the best of the best. So when you see someone go and perform better in the Cape and college of Charleston is again, a very good program, but it's not 
you know, the SEC, it's not like the, the big name program. So especially when you see someone just step in and perform, who's also um, for you were also still a teenager for most of that time as mm, yeah. well. Right. So like all of that is just things that, again, as a draft writer and someone who first started with the Guardians just makes, you know, the spidey senses tingle <laughs> in terms of standout performance. And you were, yeah, you're a Cape Cod League All-Star last year, too. Before we get into baseball stuff, I was just kind of perusing your uh, your profile up on the, the school's website. And it says you want to be a uh, future baseball coach and a math teacher. And, I mean, we may delay that several <laughs> years now because, you know, you look like you're going to get drafted this year. But uh, you're in good company here because Jeff is a teacher. My wife's a teacher. I am not a teacher, but I have a lot of respect for teachers. But uh, what made you want to be a future, you know, baseball coach and a math teacher? Yeah, uh, I think it's just I wanted to stay in the game and be involved directly in that. Um, and so I always wanted to just be a guy that could, you know, teach people stuff. So uh, coaching was the best way for that with baseball. And then um, the easiest way for that is to teach. And then that's even what my dad and mom um, did as well. So it uh, kind of was just easy to step into that. It does run in families. I feel like teaching. That is one of those things <laughs> yeah. you, you notice. Uh, one thing your dad's going to have you beat on is he was drafted three times. Uh, this yeah, will be, yeah. We're assuming it'll be one time for you. We have to ask, you know, he's, for those who are curious, uh, 68th round in 91, 44th round in 94, and 47th round in 95, uh, before he would go on to then play in Cleveland's minor leagues over parts of, th- of two seasons. Does he have like a lot of memories? Did, have you heard those stories about the time? Uh, it was in, in Watertown and Columbus, which are no longer uh, Cleveland's mm-hmm. affiliates. But, uh, you know, it, very few people have a dad who was drafted, let alone played minor league ball. Yeah, he's uh, he shared a lot of stories over, uh, over me growing up. And, um, you know, it's just it's just cool to hear those stories of just like big leaguers he's played with and certain guys you see on TV now. Um, that he's played with and he's just able to share memories with that that you know a lot of guys don't get the chance to have when did your your love of baseball develop I assume he passed that on to you and I always like to ask guys because I feel like a lot of players they enjoy playing baseball but they don't enjoy watching it so I'm kind of wondering are you like a baseball fan I know you obviously enjoy playing you're good at it did you grow up enjoying watching the game with him and just did you have a favorite team but I feel like a lot of guys, they say they love to play, but they're not really into watching baseball. Yeah, um, I'm definitely one of the guys that loves watching um, as well as playing. So uh, the Braves have been my team ever since growing up. Um, My dad always made it a priority for us to get out and see a game every year just to give me a chance to watch the big leaguers play. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always been a part of, I guess, it helps me develop just to watch the best do it. Um, and then go try to replicate them. Who was you uh, enjoy watching growing up? <clears throat> uh, Chipper Jones was my big guy watching. Um, and just him and then uh, also Tim Hudson on the mound. Um, when I was growing up, those were kind of the two, I guess, big names um, when I was growing up, just watching uh, Chipper. And then Freddie, once he uh, came in the league, was just big guys to watch when I was a kid. So. I, I got to throw this out there for, for people listening. Um, Cole's dad, you know, played with Russell Branny and Sean Casey. But maybe the most interesting person he played with is Ross Atkins, uh, GM mm-hmm. of the Toronto oh, Blue yeah. Jays. So you've got multiple ties to multiple organizations. Uh, I, I got to ask, as a player, you know, as you start making All-American lists and, and as, uh, 
you know, getting more and more attention. When does when do you start to realize that this that you know, like when do you start to think about the draft as a possibility in your head? I guess. Yeah, I think it was uh, last summer as it uh, progressed. Um, but obviously, getting drafted is always the goal, and I think is. As we get older and um, and then as I have more success, I think it just came a lot more realistic and um, and really just made me enjoy playing even more going out there, knowing that my goals are more realistic than before. Obviously, you had a really good season last year at school, but and Jeff mentioned your your Cape success. And he mentioned, you know, Cleveland really enjoy, likes to draft guys that play well in the Cape. I think a lot of organizations do. It's a really good indicator. Um, but for you personally, and maybe maybe your personal experience can tie into this, but what do you think it is about the Cape that is so uh, good experience-wise for players like other like you and others that, that makes it um, organizations take notice and that helps you grow on the field? Yeah, I think it's just the, the idea of playing every single day because um, it tends to happen where we're scheduled for five days straight and then an off day, but one of those gets rained out and you might be playing seven or eight days straight. And, um, and I think that just helps mirror that of a minor league or major league season. And that's kind of just a way that they, you know, progress. I mean, not progress, um, you know, just follow, like follow you day by day, check out how your body's, uh, you know, feeling each day going out in the field. So, uh, it was definitely difficult for me to figure out how to bring the same energy, um, over the course of that long season, just playing every single day. And you mentioned a long season and we've been focused on your hitting, uh, but you know, you, you're a legit two-way player. You were, you also started 10 games. You were starting games on the Cape. So when you're playing every day, you're pitching that often, you're two-way on the Cape as well. And I don't know if all of our listeners know, like fall ball is, is a lot of work as well. It's, it's not, it's very intensive. When do you, find chances or how have you found ways just to rest your body? It's been a, a year of a lot of hard. I mean, two being a two way player is just unbelievable amount of work for, for anyone to do, not just like the physical, but like the mental side of knowing uh, tendency data and all that stuff the coaches give you. how did you find the, you know, or what did you do to allow your body and mind to like decompress with all that? Yeah, I think it's uh, the mental rest is probably the biggest part of that. And I think it's just, Taking a couple weeks um, at the beginning of the fall um, helped out a lot. Just staying away from baseball, just letting the the mind reset. Um, but then once we get back into it, it's kind of like it ease back into it, um, where the mental's back into it. But it's kind of it's kind of difficult to really get a full rest. Um, you know, I think it's just taking it easy is the best rest you can have. But uh, you know, it's hard to hard for competitive guys to go out there and really just kind of go 50%. You know, it's, you want to go out there and go hundred percent every single day you can. So um, yeah, rest is, I think that's just the hard part to find, but you know, um, I don't really know where I found that <laughs> really. Well, we're going to take a quick rest real quick here and come back and talk more about Cole Mathis's college career and, and just what you're, you're into and maybe some stuff away from the field as well. So uh, hang with us. Everybody, it's officially soup season. Make sure you get all the ingredients you need to master your recipe while getting cash back on your purchases with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back 
every time you shop on hundreds of items from grocery to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $145 a year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Buy the flight you've been eyeing, the game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join over 50 million savers and earners with cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying. Ibotta, use the code locked on when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use the code locked on MLB. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code locked on MLB. All right, Cole, since Jeff mentioned about, you know, men- you're talking about mental rest and getting away from baseball, uh, what, what are some of your hobbies and interests away that are that don't involve baseball since you're, you know, like you said, you played mm-hmm. summer ball, you got your college season, fall season, it's just a, a year round. What do you do away from the field? I know a lot of guys like to do video games. Uh, what are you into? Yeah, uh, I'm a vi- big video game player. Um, so I think uh, I might take a break from baseball. Um, actually playing it, but you know, like MLB the show is like, I still play video games, but it's still baseball. So, um, you know, I feel like even that there's just, you know, you play game after game. Um, and there's a lot of scenarios that, um, as silly as it sounds like even in a video game, like you can tie it to the real baseball. Um, but yeah, I think playing video games and then, um, just hanging out with friends, really just kind of relaxing, just. I guess get free of everything, free of the world, just kind of hang out with them. That makes sense. I've heard a lot of NFL players talk about playing Madden. They play Madden, so they can it always, run playbooks and stuff in there. Yeah. It always makes me think of that one year when they had uh, MVP 06, which was the NCAA baseball game. We got one year of it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I, I know. I, I, think, I think it would do better now than ever, like to have the college yeah. baseball game. Uh, that's uh but yeah no um it, it's interesting just because we've heard from pro players about like some of the the vr and the advanced like almost video game-esque approach sometimes they're using to um to learn so that we do see impl uh implement can't speak today apparently <laughs> we see them using it <laughs> so what, uh, what kind of work and, and routines do you have to put in you talked we talked obviously about mental rest and and resting your body between playing pit, you know, pitching and, and playing the infield. Um, but what kind of work do you have to put in to be able to play on both sides of the ball? I mean, I feel like it's becoming more popular. I don't know if that's like the Shohei Otani effect or, or what you attribute that to, but it just seems like we're seeing a lot of more guys popping up on the draft radar that are pitchers and hitters, but how much work really goes into that to be able to be prepared to, you know, play, you know, seven or eight innings at first or third base and, and go in there and pitch or even start a game. Yeah, it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing double work. Um, and so it's really, it's just finding the time. And uh, I think it's different for every every player. We have three two A's right now, um, both of them younger. So I'm able to just kind of be a mentor to them. Um, and it's really explaining it to other people has really helped you or helped me figure out what I need to do to make myself better. Um, and that's really all it is, is just, uh, you know, get better at one thing and then focus on the one, uh, next thing. Most of the time, pitching 
uh, came first in that um, as far as just arm care, uh, focusing on that and then uh, hitting, you know, you got time at the end of practice uh, to do that and really get in your own work. Um, so really it's just, you know, it's, it's time management, I think is what I really had to figure out uh, as far as doing both. You know, it's, as a two-way player, like I said, a lot of the focus is sometimes on your hitting. For listeners who aren't as familiar with your your pitching, like what is your pitch mix? What are you typically out there swinging? Yeah, um, so I got a, my fastball. Um, it's a bit of a running fastball, uh, sinker type. Um, and then curveball is probably my best off, uh, off-speed uh, breaking ball. And then cutter. Um, I get a lot of weak contact with that and swing and miss um, whatever I had in the count. And then um, my changeup's kind of my fourth pitch in there um, just every now and then throw that in there. Obviously you're playing both ways. So you enjoy both, but do you have a preference between pitching and hitting and you know, whenever, wherever you are drafted, do you, you know, hope you get the chance to continue to do both in the pro level? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so um, I didn't say this earlier, so this year we're going to um, – it took a lot of decision, but uh, we have decided that for me it would be best to um, focus on hitting. So this year um, that's my main focus is hitting and defense. Um, so um, it was a, really a tough decision with that. But, you know, just going into the draft, going into draft year, um, that's the way it's looking and that's the way it took a lot of evaluating with that. But um, – hitting is definitely the priority. And I think that's, we're just taking a focus towards that uh, this year. So. No problem with that. Your hitting stats were pretty good. So I think that's a good decision. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be all right. You might even get better now that you're not worrying about pitching yeah. or worrying about, you know, doing all those things you're hitting. You might even see uh, some growth there, which would be hard to believe considering the last uh, year you've played. So is it uh uh, you know, you with the way they had you moving around, are you going to be focused on third this year, focused on first? Do you know if you're going to move around as much or a primary position focus? Yeah, so uh, we've had some good transfers, and we also have a really uh, good freshman class this year. Um, so I think the, the focus as far as playing position is going to be first. Um, but also, you know, if I'm ever, to, ever able to get in there, for a random game and uh, play third just to show it, um, you know, even in practices, um, even the all fall, I worked on increasing my skills at third and improving them. Um, so, you know, it's always a possibility to pop in at third um, every now and then just to show that I can, but uh, I think the main focus is going to be with first this year. What's your season looking like? Give us a, give us a scouting report on the team this year where you guys had a pretty good season last year, 36 and, and 22. What's, how are things looking for your squad this year? Yeah. Um, so we've got our, our big, uh, big righty Daniel Brooks coming back uh, from Tommy John this year. Um, we missed him all last year and then he had a, he had a decent uh, freshman year um, figuring everything out. But, you know, once he gets back, he's uh, he's been throwing a bunch of bullpen, so he should be back um, some point this year. Um, so he'll be our, our big guy coming back um, and then our uh, probably our best, I'd say our best power arm this year, uh, Jake Brink. Um, he's a sophomore. He threw, I, I mean, he threw a bunch last year for us as a true freshman. So uh, we'll definitely be relying on him to um, be the lead of our staff. Um, I think our, 
our biggest thing this year is depth in the bullpen. I feel like we we've have that a good depth um, that we just haven't had in the last couple of years. And then, um, yeah, our offense uh, I feel like has been our lacking uh, spot um, that we've needed improvement uh, this year. I think we've we finally put the tools together using the transfer portal well and just uh, really putting the uh, putting puzzle together and just you know we're hopeful for this year and we've we've been looking good so far so talk a little bit more about your season ahead and uh going into the draft year talk about more a little about that coming up here in just a moment before we get to the draft and all that fun stuff we got to talk about the super bowl coming up on sunday me i'm a big fan of commercial the commercials in the super bowl getting some good food from somewhere um that's all, all the fun stuff in the Super Bowl. If your your team's not in it, like our team in Cleveland never is, maybe you're a fan of another team. Uh, but FanDuel's got a lot of ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So if you're a new customer, go ahead and place that $5 bet. And if you win, it's $200 coming your way from FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to sign up. Fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with Fanduel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So are you are you a Falcons fan then too? Since you were a Braves fan, or do you have yeah, I grew, I, yeah, I grew up in the the Matt Ryan days. So uh, um, grew up watching watching him, and uh, I think I've kind of lost my uh, love for football. In that, but I'll still watch them every now and then. But yeah, grew up Falcons fan. Um, and really just enjoyed it as a kid. The Matt Ryan years were good ones. If they've had some hard years since, but don't yeah. worry, we know all about that in Cleveland. There's not a lot. I mean, I know the Browns made the playoffs this year, but there's not a whole lot to get excited about football wise around here too often. Even though people in Cleveland, if you get drafted by Cleveland, you're going to find out that it is a football town. But uh, the Browns are are very good at, at disappointing us. So it's, sometimes <laughs> it's good to be distant from that sort of thing. Uh, who do you got? Who do you got in the Super Bowl this Sunday? You have a pick, official pick. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs are just. I feel like they're just too powerful. Pat Mahomes um, leading the way. You know, <laughs> I feel like they just. Yeah, they just. Uh, you know, your your team is really as good as your quarterback, and I think that's. Uh, he's just he's just on a different level than what we've seen in the past with quarterbacks. Yeah, the guy's played like five Super Bowls. It's ridiculous. Like Tom, he's yeah. already approaching Tom Brady status mm-hmm. and he's not even 30 yet. <laughs> Bloodlines, right? Like, yeah. His dad was a major league pitcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, I <laughs> was go. kind of going over uh, some of your, your old high school data. And I think one of the things that, that's always interesting and one of the reasons I like to go to perfect game is sometimes we'll set it in and look at someone uh, and it stats don't always tell a full picture. I thought it was really interesting because if you go and you look at things like your max barrel speed, you're at 99th percentile and your, your impact, your max acceleration, but even like your 60 times were, were very high um, on top of being like a very good hitter in the data. Um, athleticism is, I mean, when you're a pitcher and a hitter, you're obviously a very good athlete, but I think sometimes maybe you get a little short shrift in terms of just how strong your athletic profile is. Uh, you know, how how much are you i'm phrasing this terribly so i'm gonna apologize now but like 
I, I personal view on athleticism is it it helps players not just raise their ceiling. It helps them stay healthier. It helps them kind of get through things. Like, are, are you able to kind of cognitively? Man, I can't speak at all today. Apologize, but can you kind of see where your athleticism helps you separate? Where it is one of those things where you know you are at somewhere between the tenth to first percentile in terms of overall outcomes, dating back to even you know high school. Yeah, I think that's um, <clears throat> one of the biggest things that uh, also helped me with pitching is just my athleticism and just being able to relate that with different movements on the mound. Um, yeah, I think that's um, in high school, I played third base uh, most of the time. So um, I was able to use my athleticism over there. And uh, yeah, I think I've just developed it a lot in college and uh, looking forward to just showing off both speed and athleticism this year, uh, just focusing on hitting. So. Did you play other sports I, in high school too? Uh, not in high school. I, I played basketball up all the way up until high school, so through middle school. But uh, once I got to high school, I just focused on baseball. So I, just looking at your athletic profile, it was one of those things where I know you've been purely on the grass, but I felt like in the future you could end up almost anywhere since you had – you know foot speed, arm strength. I mean, I know players are comfortable where they are and don't like moving mm -hmm. off, but it was an interesting profile where it felt like athletically you could have played anywhere just about on that diamond. Uh, one of my favorite questions. I got a short one. Okay, one of, and I'll, I'll okay. kick off. Uh, one of my favorite questions always to ask is who is the uh, best pitcher slash hardest pitcher you've had to face so far? We could say it can't um, be your teammate, so that way you don't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I faced a lot of good uh, pitchers last summer. Um, I think it was in my first week at, uh, first week at the Cape. Um, Pat Riley uh, came out of there, um, and I remember just facing him, and I think that really just set the tone for me in the summer. Um, you know, he just had an explosive fastball and just – um, it was just different than something that I've seen before. And I think that really just helped me understand what I had set for, uh, towards for the whole summer. Um, so. Did you enjoy your, your time in the Cape circuit? I mean, I know you said it's a lot of work to, to pitch and hit and you're trying to bring the energy every day, but I worked, uh, in a college summer ball league in New York, like it's been over 10 years now, but, uh, I was the broadcaster there and I had a lot of fun just watching and, and just working and, uh, getting into that stuff. And I know the guys that played in that league just had a ton of fun all summer. So did you really enjoy your experience out there? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely something I've never experienced before. And um, if I had the chance, I'd love to go back and do it again, just, just to play there. Um, so I was in Katuit, um and they just, I mean, the fan base there was just something I'd never had before. Like, I mean, guys were just showing up. They all had their same exact spot. Um, you know, you would go in there on deck, you would turn around and see the same exact people every single game. Um, and I, I think that really helped it easy to come to the park every single day and play for them. <clears throat> Not even to mention the, the kids camps that a bunch of us worked um, all throughout the summer. And I think that just it, it, it created a whole new perspective of why you're playing um, as we've had like camp nights and you see all the kids come down there and just you know, they, they remember you from week to week. And I think that just really just, uh, just changed the focus of why I was playing. Was that like the first time you probably have like, were signing autographs and things like that? Yeah. It's, um, 
you know, you sign a couple here and there, just like kids running up. But I think that was the big first first time I've had adults ask me to sign autographs. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know, guy. Okay? You got to be careful. Your guys, guys approaching with books yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you know you're. Uh, you kind of made a name when you start seeing those things. You'll see that in the minor leagues where you'll see people hanging out waiting for autographs after the game. But if you're mm-hmm. if you're already seeing that in college, you've kind of already you've already made it. That's a that's a sure sign. Um, one of the things that stood out too, that I was, I was reading about was that obviously, you know, you hit for a lot of power. You had a great season in the Cape, but you also make a ton of contact too, which is going to be attractive to a lot of teams. But I was wondering if, is there any like specific drills or, or things you've gone through, you know, your, your baseball career to this point that you've done that have really helped you not only hit for power, but also make contact and just, you know, be a well-rounded offensive player. Are there things that you have, have done or been taught that have really helped that? Yeah, I think uh, growing up, contact was always my first focus um, as like an understanding of the power will come as I develop and as I get stronger. Um, So, yeah, I think I think I just kind of went about it that way. And uh, it's really worked out. And as I've gotten to college, I got stronger and stronger. Um, I've always been a guy that's hit home runs, but I think now we're on a bigger field. Um, And so contact helps but you know as you as you face better and better competition it's the power that really really excels and uh just makes you different from other people i know you'll be happy to be drafted by anybody but any would there be any special feelings if cleveland did draft you since your dad was drafted by cleveland i know you'll be happy to go anywhere but would you feel any certain type of way if you got drafted by the same organization yeah i think that i think that would just i think it would be really cool um just to Say so we both played for the same organization. Um, you know, I've I've heard all his stories, and I'm I'm sure I'll have different memories and stories to tell him um, if that were to happen. And they'll just they'll just see it. It would be cool to see it come full circle like that. You might get drafted a little higher than him, so you can hold that over him. I think I think it's safe <laughs> to say that we drafted higher, so you can you can say you got dad on that one. Yeah. Jeff, you got any got anything else? I don't know. The, right. the San Francisco Giants fans may not want to listen to this if you're uh, if you're picking against the 49ers. So we'll <laughs> narrow you down to, to 29 other fan bases that already enjoy you, Cole. <laughs> Kansas no, City uh, too. Yeah, I just I I think one of the the reasons like for us personally, thank you again for having you on. Is like when we were discussing players, and again, it's like you're you're not going to be 21 till the end of July after the draft. We, we talked about the bloodlines. I think we've addressed a lot of those oh, point the excelling on the Cape and everything else is, is it's easy to look at you as a player who is, you know, this hitter, but there's the athleticism, there's the pitching side of it. There's, there's all of those points that I think make you one of the more intriguing players in this draft. So again, we just want to really thank you for joining us here today and uh, taking time out of a busy schedule. Oh yeah. Thank y'all. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a week from today, you guys will be playing. Are you guys going south to play Marshall? Where are you playing that game? Are you guys? Staying uh, it's at home. Yeah, we okay. we open up with a tw- like a twenty game homestand, I think. So <laughs> not a lot. It's too cold to go us. anywhere else, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, at least you guys got that that benefit built in. I did walk around the campus once on vacation a couple of years ago. I didn't see much of it, but it seemed like a nice area. Oh yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I want to again thank Cole for joining us. I uh, want to thank all of our everydayers and listeners and everyone who's joining us to get to know more about one of the more interesting players in this year's draft. Remember to rate and review, download daily, and check out the College of Charleston's baseball team this year. Thank you all again, and go, go, Guardians, go.